we are live. Good morning. And Good welcome morning. to Content Content. Mike, you almost caught me blowing my nose on air there. I know. That was it was a funny moment that I almost wish <laughs> I wish we could have captured it because it was funny because I stopped the music. For a and second, it was a to, real to good bring it design. to the top, and at the exact moment, it was like, <laughs> it was like, whoa, what happened? Um, but, but uh, you're just, you're okay, right? Again, yeah. For the public record, it's not a COVID-related blowing of the nose. <laughs> just a regular standard grade. You know what it is? Is my apartment now? I got uh, the radiator heating. You know, which is very warm, and I have no complaints about that. But it's a dry heat, Mike. Oh, it's like the Arizona heat in here. Yes, that does that. <laughs> it's a dry, it's a dry, dry heat. And uh, it's drying me out. I don't know what to say. I bought the saline spray. You ever mess with that type of stuff? Yeah, you know? is that helping or no? I think so. You know, it makes me, it, maybe it's placebo. You know, where's Dr. Ivan on this, on this na- nasal spray? Um, <laughs> I think so, it's helping. Speaking of placebo... <laughs> Maybe I'll share share on air uh, what we were talking about. <laughs> so so I've been uh, and yeah this one this is one for for Dr. Ivan. Um, I've been feeling so tired this week, and I you know I got worried. I, I did go to I did share that I went I went to uh, an event, and you know I went to work and everything, and I'm like oh my god I've been feeling so so fatigued and like a little bit of like cloudiness you know. And uh, so, you know, I got tested yesterday and thank God it came back negative. But here's the weird thing. And this is where I want to shoot, shoot it at, at Ivan a little bit is that I do wonder whether I was making myself sick and giving myself a placebo because all of a sudden I got tested. It, it came, you know, I started out I'm feeling fatigued this morning, on, you know, yesterday morning which is what made me want to go get tested. I'm like, man, I'm feeling fatigued again. I've been feeling it all week. Then my head starts hurting. I'm like, oh, man, I'm not feeling well. So I'm like, all right, let me go get tested. And um, once I got the negative test, it, I started to feel better. <laughs> so it's kind of weird, man. Like, dang. You know, what's crazy is like, you know, then you go into this this free will not free will you know do we have control because man i didn't have i knew and even erica was giving me advice like you know maybe it's you're kind of you know she was kind of saying maybe you're doing it to yourself or something like maybe you're fine she was she was trying to say stuff like that Mm. and i was very resistant i was like no you know i I don't feel well and i'm like and i guess she she saw it a little she was trying to shoot me in the right path right which you know i'm over here preaching all the time, you know what I mean? Like you know, throughout to my friends, to everybody. Right. All this stuff. But but here I am, like, no. You know, I'm 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 like just no, I know it. This and is for it, real. And it really, you know, it I listen, I, I felt powerless to like redirect my mind at that time. I was just yeah. so trapped, sort of, you know. It's, it's, it's interesting to me. Yeah, I mean, and again, uh, <laughs> we only do this show so that hopefully some of these things will stick in our own mind. Our our ultimate goal will yeah. always be selfish. Uh, so far be it for from us to, to tell anybody else how they should feel. And that is a little bit like the vortex that I have mentioned before, Mike, where... Um, you know, as much as we dabble in these spiritual teachings, uh, and have, Mike with the festive mug, you guys. I mean, come on. I mean, you can't beat it. This guy's mugs, fantastic. I have my one Noam Chomsky mug, and that's really <laughs> the extent of my cool mugs. But Mike, you've got Darth Vader. You've got festive mugs. I mean, it's great. That's fantastic. <laughs> uh, in any event, the placebo kind of thing, the vortex of the mind. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, I know about we talk about the spiritual stuff, but I don't like it. <laughs> I don't yeah, feel yeah. good. <laughs> and uh, I wonder, man, that is one of the aspects of this whole COVID thing is we all, if, you, if you've if you not had it, 
you've at least at this point had three different instances <laughs> well, you where you convinced you yourself you're like, this is it. This is the big one. This yeah, is what man. it feels like. This that is what they told me. me it would be like on the news. That was me, like 100%. I really did. And, <laughs> and I'm, I'm seriously blown away. I know I'm being repetitious. I'm seriously <laughs> blown away because it almost, I couldn't even admit this yesterday because I guess I was so ashamed <laughs> that once they said negative, all of a sudden I started to feel better. Way better, yeah. That's ter- it's crazy. I don't even want to admit that. Like, really? That's that's you, Mike? Like, that's that's who you are? Oh, you're negative. Oh, all of a sudden I'm feeling better. Yeah. Wow, I do feel really good, actually. That's, damn, man. It just shows, like, you know, like you said, you know, we, we talk about this stuff all the time. We, we, we somewhat understand, you know, how, how powerful the mind is. But anyway, maybe it just reaffirms how powerful the mind is. What yeah, I just true. said, hey. you know, it's like it's... A little gut check. Yeah, it's that powerful. I mean, and, and uh, I'm certainly not, uh, you know, I'm not perfectly, uh, you know, in tune to the point where I can just go, I know this is not real. <laughs> I will escape it. Three, two, one. I'm fine. <laughs> Definitely well, not. Hey, in your defense, uh, COVID's no joke. So, and everybody's talking about how serious it is and has been for months. So, yeah. it's tough to. <clears throat> it's certainly uh, penetrated. <laughs> Joanna says there were probably like twenty <laughs> things like that a day on a smaller scale. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Like, yeah. lest we forget, like COVID has dominated the mental uh, mindscape of everyone. But uh, yeah. you ever just like convince yourself that you're terribly ill? Just, just a- apropos of nothing. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> you know? Or even yeah, like smaller things. Like, oh, this thing is way worse than it actually is. Ooh, that's content content right there, big time. Sure. Um, is. All right, Mike, let me let me jump in here real quick because mm-hmm. um, last week we kind of left off talking about how dangerous it is to define yourselves by external circumstances and that you don't have this sort of unified uh, uh, self-conscious concept and that you had mentioned, we discussed that like people who are tremendously successful, um, who we are supposed to look at and envy as, oh my God, don't they have it all figured out? Isn't that perfect? Those folks are generally speaking the ones most defined by their external circumstances and continue to define themselves as how other people look at them. So you have millions of dollars in a jet ski and a yacht and you're still worried about the, what the guy next door thinks of you. <laughs> you'd think that if you got the money, you'd be like, I don't care about anything. But in fact, those people are the most ruled by fear mm-hmm. uh, in a great many cases. Yes. Um, and that you know Machiavelli and his... Texts are always like, uh, or, you know, what is it? The prince is, I think, his main one where he's like an, uh, telling leaders how to be. <laughs> Which is basically scared of everything, right? Awful, <laughs> constantly afraid. Mm. You have guards watching guards, watching guards, yeah. watching guards. I think it's uh, the theory is kill everyone. I think that's what it is. <laughs> like right, right before uh, they're about to get you, because they're all going to get you. Which. That may be an effective way to stay alive, but isn't an effective way to enjoy the life that you are living? I can say with no certainty that it is. Um, but uh, there's Ivan. Hey, Ivan. Good morning, sir. Um, but any good content content viewer or listener would know that we've had a number of discussions the past couple of weeks about ego and what it is, this feeling inside. And I, I understand if somebody out there is sick of us talking about ego, but... It's a big concept. It's a broad concept, and it's kind of an important concept. <laughs> yes. So we've it been is. talking a lot about what it is, what it isn't, how to use it, how not to use it, how to let it dissolve, as Trump Rinpoche has been saying, that we don't need to pick up more rocks. We just need to drop the ones that we're already holding. Simplify, simplify. All wisdom is simple. And that being said, Mike, you told me that you had some ruminations about the ego and those types of things yeah. this week. Uh, let me know how you feel. All right, so I yeah I hate to stretch this out even more. But, stretch it, Mike. But um, Do it. I have to admit that uh, I didn't have you know I got to a point when we were talking about the ego, and when we got into the because we started to get into the I, and then you started to talk about that consciousness where you're not the self or the uh, you're kind of like watching. Yes. And, and, you know, it intrigued me, and I really didn't have anything to add, which made me very interested, you know? And I was like, I was like, man, you know, that's, that's interesting. And 
combining that with what we've been talking about, because um, that's where I started. I was just kind of writing in my notebook, and I started at those perceptions, you know? And, I, you know, of course, this is in combination with stuff I've been, you know, consuming and downloading in, into my brain. So, and, and I, you know what, what kind of started this? It's weird, like the flow of it, because what started me on this kind of path to the eye is um, <clears throat> with the group, I was thinking, you know, by the way, thank you for everyone who's joined the, the, our private yes. Facebook group. It's, it's like 30-something people, which is perfect. That's, that's awesome. like right where we want it. And uh, we're hoping to engage and, and have, you know, hopefully you guys can share things. That's what we really want. Um, you know, if you're just thinking about something like I posted, I was... I just had this concept that popped up in my head. You know, I posted it. If anybody, you know, says, yeah, you know, that sounds, you know, and we just start these conversations. That's that's the hope, you know. Um, and just for the record, it mm-hmm. is a very selective, very private Facebook group. That being said, anybody can join it. <laughs> <laughs> which, which I think fits the show perfectly. <laughs> you know, it's a private group. That basically anyone can so join. So private, it's <laughs> but the most private you've ever heard. But it of. is it is private to an extent that whatever is in the group can't be shared outside of it. That is true. So it's is true. it is private. It does have a level of privacy. But anyone can come. If you want to walk in the door, you can't. You can't. Yeah, <laughs> you just can't go telling people outside and sharing what this person said. So in that sense, it's private. So it's it's private in a way where you it's a safe space. You know, you can say something. Yes. You can post something, and you you know we can't share it, right? Even right. if we wanted to, you know, we, we we in the rules we ask you not to and to respect privacy. You know, everybody agrees to that when they join, but um, we we even if they wanted to, they can't. So you know, feel free if you have a thought about something and you're like, well, I I feel this way, but I don't want you know anyone sharing this and putting it everywhere. No, I mean you know, and and hopefully we'll all respect each other's privacy. You know. I, I I feel like I can put a little bit more, you know, stuff in there, and I hope everybody else does. You know, that's a little more private. And two, I see it a little bit as like an extension of the comments during the episode. That there's something you're ruminating on during the week, if you want to throw it in there. Yeah, um, Mike yeah. and I at least will definitely see it, and uh, you know, we start this whole big kind of amorphous conversation. Um, yeah, <laughs> Steve says good morning. So whatever stays in Vegas. Uh, whatever is said in Vegas stays in Vegas. Uh, yeah. Indeed. Until me, me and Derek blurted out on the show <laughs> about, hey, we had this great comment, but we'll protect. We'll protect. We won't say the name. If but it's really, early on Sunday mornings. I mean, yeah, nobody's really no, going to hear it. If, you know no, because if you really get us thinking, I think we're not going to be able to help, but at least uh, go back to it. But I, I don't. we won't say names. We'll, yes, we'll, be, we'll protect the guilty. Yeah. Uh, always on content content. <laughs> so, all right, I, Mike. Sorry, go go back to your thing. I got into this whole train of thought, you know. So, because I was getting into discourse, how we communicate revelation through conversation. As I was building the group, thinking about how uh, my, I'm hoping that we communicate in in the same way me and you communicate, and you know, the dialectic way, not not the sophist way. I'm not going to go into that now. We we've, we've covered that a few times. Um, and then I started thinking, you know, polarization has destroyed human discourse. So, you know, you got left, right, right, wrong. We've lost the exchange of opinion and information. Pulling back from the left, right view gives us a broader view of information to form, to form our perception, which I kind of made a little note, which is like liberty of thought, right? Mm. Um, so then I started to think more from that. And I think we got, Ivan, how do we exchange provocative ideas without clinging to them? That's great. Yes. Let's hold on to that, definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and one thing I noticed from some things I've experienced is that for me, peer pressure holds the most power, you know, Mm -hmm. in in, in a decision for me, just me. And then I started to go into the the identity and language because we've been covering that. You kind of touched on that at at the top, Mm -hmm. you know, so we are told we are race, religion, sexual orientation, family job, our name, our life story, our income, our race, our color. And then, you know, you think about it, these labels, and we've been talking about language and how it kind of limits communication. It, it enables it, but it limits it too. And labels are just, you know, sort of a brief exp- 
expression of an experience, you know? You know, so as as a as a dad, as a you know, going down the line as a whatever, whatever you do for a living. And we can be very limited in that. So I went on and I started to think about it. And then these control the eye. As these define the eye. Eye separates us from each other. As it separates us from each other, it separates us from ourselves. All of these constructs aren't the true eye. They are what the eye is experiencing. We need to identify with the eye. So I started to think, you, you know, you, when you mentioned that about sort of like observing the eye and getting outside of the ego, you know, from Trumpa, Rinpoche, and that really made me think because, and that's kind of like what provoked a lot of this. Mm. So I keep on, you know, going in my, in my notes. True self is the eye that sees itself in others. The eye that wouldn't want to hurt anyone because it would be like hurting yourself. It is the one, the all going into Watts, you know, and all these great teachers, you know, many, many people say that. It recognizes, truly recognizes, recognizes that I am a part of the whole. It doesn't feel impressed by the opinions, imprisoned, I'm sorry. It doesn't feel imprisoned by the opinions of anyone. I've been thinking about that a lot lately. The infinite I is an expression of love. We have scriptures that say, you know, God is love. Jesus said, what you do to the least of these, you do to me. And I feel like I have a really new understanding of that, that I never had before, and I'm going to go on to that. The I remembers who we are, the expression of one whole. Because remember when we were talking about knowledge and how, in a sense, it's almost like retrieving what's already there? And you get to this place where you just know, and it's it's like it's a different kind of knowledge. It's not intellectual. It's not it's not up here. It's not something that you argue about in your head. Mm. It's just something you know, and you like feel it, you know. Mm. And that's kind of where I feel like between ego and I, you know. And then you think of the chakras too, right? Yeah. The you know the the heart here, the mind here, and uh, so we should be as unique in personality, in who we are, just as much we are, excuse me, as we are in our appearance. Just a thought I had, you know, like we should be that unique in our personality. We all look completely different, you know, thinking of this, you know, inside out, outside in, oneness, you know, like taking it, I I keep thinking to myself, as you go inside, you learn what's outside, but a true oneness is gonna be like, Outside in, inside out. It's going to be like this feedback loop kind of thing happening. Mm. And that's like more powerful, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm just like kind of progressing with the thinking. And one of the greatest uh, fears people have is a being themselves of painting, what we describe as painting. Mm. It's a huge fear. So I draw the conclusion that it's a choice between fear and love. Fear keeps you in the ego. I'm going to, di- you know, this is just me thinking here. I'm not telling, I'm not saying this stuff like it's facts, but it's just some ideas I've had. You know, fear will keep you in the ego and love will keep you in the oneness. And it made me think of another scripture that uh, I think it's, uh, I don't know, it's in First John. It says that God is not a spirit of fear. You know, it's it's of love, you know. Uh, so then I got to thinking even more um, that the eye is one. You got these two eyes, an AI, <laughs> good one. <laughs> I, I put it as A and B, so two different ones. And an A, and that's the eye that is one, alone, lonely, defensive, insecure, looking for external approval, for the eye's accomplishments, reputation, and status. And I feel like that eye is driven by fear. It only walks in its own shoes, and what happens to others is their problem. That's that one type of eye. And then there's the other eye, which is the one I've been trying to explore. The eye that is oneness and sees 
others as an expression of itself, not apart, but the same. The eye that walks in all shoes at once, what happens to others happens to this eye. That's the love one, not the fear one. And it really, really put a light on the scripture, you know, where Jesus says, what you do to the least of these, you do to me. And that is a whole eye. That is like, that when, when someone else is hurting, it's like you're hurting. When you, when, you, when you do something to this group of people, it's like doing it to me. And a lot of people, because Jesus has been, you know, with a high Christology as this Godhead, and, and they kind of move into this like space where when it says, what you do for the least of these you do unto me, oh, so I need to do something for Derek because it's like doing it for Jesus. And then Jesus is going to reward me when I get to heaven. And that is that God as like a jackpot that we've spoken of. Mm. So when you look at this scripture through the jackpot lens, you know, I did this for Derek. Come on, seven. I also gave this much money every year. You know, like I put my coins in. I want this, God. And I think that it's the powerful, you know, because remember, this is this is this is Eastern thought. You know, this is not Western thought that when we go to when this was written. And I think that the real meaning, and to me, it hit me in a beautiful way, you know, what you do to the least of these, you do unto me. It's because you're in that state of oneness. That's why he's saying that. He's saying, look, man, I'm you. You're me. I'm that guy over there. I'm, I'm, this, I'm this guy, the guy you hate, the guy, the, 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 the prostitute, the tax collector, you know, sluts, thieves, liars. I'm them. Now, if you look at life in that way, that you're them, that's a whole different ball game. Definitely. Not, not the I that's a fear. I'm not them. I'm, I have to protect my, you know, my, you know, whatever, my image, my this, my that, my I. Defend, defend. It's completely different. Mm-hmm. And then I went on to like put some like things of uh Versus the A or the B type of I. And, uh, you know, the, the A connects to advance. The A feels alone. The A wants connections. Whereas the B is connected. It doesn't want connections. It doesn't want to connect to advance. It's just connected. It's, it's already achieved. It's like, I'm here. I'm connected. Uh, while the A feels alone, the B feels empathetic feels empathy, feels connected. And, you know, again, the, the A uh, wants connections, but the B wants to be and sense connectedness. So the A fears and the B trusts. Uh, you know, that's like a lot of, a lot of <laughs> thinking I've done and downloading this week. Um, you know, and it really, and it just shows revelation through conversation. I was provoked into this space because when we got to the eye, I, I didn't have nothing. <laughs> I never thought of it. You know, I never thought of it. Yeah. I never delved yeah. deep and it challenged me. And that's what I hope this show does for everyone else too, is like when we get to a, a space where me and Derek just kind of like, we got some info on it, but we don't really have too much. It would be awesome, you know, you know, if 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 uh, in the group, you guys can be like, hey, I've delved into this eye. So we got some comments here. Uh, we got good morning. Good morning, Les. Yo, definitely fear Navi. Yes. Power of faith. Amen. Can we have both A and B? Hell yeah, I say. I mean, we. that's the battle. That's the battle in the mind. I For think, sure. I, I, yeah, I think that's exactly it. And I think um, you kind of do from a moment-to-moment basis, vacillate between A and B. And I would say probably, yeah, B is qualitatively better. But as we were talking about at the beginning with the placebo effect and all that stuff, uh, we don't always have uh, tremendous control over whether we're resting in A or resting in B. Um, 
Hey, Apollo. Hey, Apollo. Good to see you, man. <laughs> um, well, all that is very interesting, Mike, and, and it does uh, make me think of a number of things. One of the teachings of Buddhism is that you don't have to become a Buddhist because you are already a Buddha. Mm. So you don't have to it's already there. learn a bunch of stuff to achieve this thing. You just need to remember that you're already a Buddha. <laughs> and again, that's in line with Trump's thing about it's not so much about adding things as it is simplifying, yeah. dissolving things. And the overactive mind, the hyper mind that you both you and I are uh, unfortunately, for better or for worse, afflicted with, oh, sure. <laughs> creates a lot of that A type of I. Um, where you're inventing all these reasons and inventing all these things and this cognitive dissonance of, well, I'm being selfish, but it's okay because I did X, Y, and Z. Um, And yeah, really that B type of I is returning to this universality. One of the things that's so silly about hoarding wealth is that is rooted in like a fundamental misunderstanding of like existence because yeah. attached to wealth and attached to material things is all sorts of, let's say like positive and negative energy. And mm-hmm. according to quantum physics, uh, you know, we're all vibrations and they have certain frequencies and things like that. So the universe is a giant supercomputer. So to think that you could hoard wealth, material things, these, these quote-unquote positive things, mm-hmm. without also creating an equal opposite requisite amount of negativity in the world. Mm. So I hoard my millions of dollars. Meanwhile, families are struggling to feed their children. That into the supercomputer that is the universe, those two things are, are connected and sort of equal. So that if if we're living under the principle of like you gotta get yours and take as much as you possibly can while you're here because otherwise somebody's gonna take it from you, the positivity that you may be bringing to yourself in the short term is creating negativity elsewhere in the universe. So then it seems to me the game would be how do I create or... Uh, foster the most amount of positivity for the most amount of people um, so that when negativity inevitably comes your way, you would at least have some base and some ground with which to withstand it. Um, but that's a little bit different point than what you were discussing there, Mike. Um, it's, it's, it's in the zone, though, for sure. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's around it. Another thing I've been thinking about a lot lately, too, is like the nature of separateness. Um, we've talked about this a couple times on the show, but like the goldfish is the example um, that if you take a goldfish and you put it in a small bowl, it's small. If you throw it in a big lake, it'll turn into a big thing. And that any organism is environmentally contingent. A lion lives in the Sahara or what have you but needs to have the grasses be tall so that it can hunt and needs to have wildebeests also there so it can eat stuff. And the wildebeest needs to, it's you know basic science, the environmental circle or whatever. But that also is a spiritual concept in the sense that each one of those little parts, the air, the water, the dew, the flowers, the bees, <laughs> it's Sounds all... Sounds like a DMX song. <laughs> the water, dun it, the flower, the bees. <laughs> I'm slipping and falling, I can't get up, but that's all I'm saying. <laughs> That is a basic scientific concept and yet also a wonderful spiritual concept because all of these organisms that are supposedly very separate, very distinct, each one has an exoskeleton and organs that are specific to its thought processes, well, they're also incredibly contingent upon one another. Mm. Alan Watts mentioned something about ants. Uh, well, ant, well, what's an ant? It's a little tiny thing. Well, but also they run in colonies. They tend to group together. Okay, well, where do they live? Well, they build little ant hills. Well, where do they do that? Well, they get dirt actually from the little area and they kind of push it all together. Okay, well, then what? But sometimes they need to be warm. So sometimes they head in and actually go into your kitchen. 
and 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 then oh well all of a sudden the kitchen counter that's where they're living now well that's okay their environment they're doing that they've got some crumbs of bread in the cabinet oh well they're gonna go up there and eat that because they need to eat food too mm-hmm. so but then there's a lady standing in her kitchen going oh my god I got ants in my so everything is completely environmentally contingent and reacting and feeling each other in every moment of every yeah, day that has that's ever a existed. Great point. That's a great point. <laughs> so it, yeah, nothing exists in a vacuum. Uh, clownfish and anemones. I bet they're they're uh, a similar way where uh, they probably grow or adapt to their environment. Yeah. And this is, again, the most fundamental of uh, scientific concepts, concepts, evolution, is also a spiritual concept in the sense that we are reacting and constantly hypersensitive to our environments and what our environments need from us or yeah. will allow from us. And the classic nature-nurture also comes exactly. to mind. Mm-hmm. Which is the answer to that uh, false dichotomy is yes, it's it's all of that, that mm-hmm. nature and nurture is one process. Um so to be seated in that separateness is, again, a misunderstanding of what our, what being alive is. Yeah. And again, this is something that, that Watts talks a lot about too, that, and Ram Dass too, like we, are, we define ourselves by our individual differences. No, I'm a guy who likes sports, and I don't like other stuff, you know? Yeah. And everything in culture is either you're being told who you are, or you need to define your... I wear a t-shirt that has this on it, and other people don't. So constantly reinforcing separate, 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 separate. No, they're not like that. You're like that. And maybe there are some people that are like you, but nobody's really like you. And nobody knows exactly what you've done, who you are. And so it's constantly... Drilled into our heads, we're separate, yeah. separate. Just look at me. It's a you're alone. It's loneliness. Well, it's it that. also makes me think of that quote you say a lot too. Uh, it's also a Watts. Uh, dis- distinctiveness does not mean separateness. Something like yeah, that. Yeah, d- distinction is distinction. not. Uh, our differentiation is not separation. Yes, yes. So, so the brain and the heart and the lungs don't look anything like one another. Yes. But if one doesn't work, <laughs> you're in trouble. Yeah. And and you know what's interesting too. Because um, we, we also talk about that kind of journey of, of just being honest, you know, of just not for the sake of it, you know, in, in conversation and with each other. <laughs> Joanne, <laughs> every time I'm with you guys, I think, oh, I better go back and redo last week. <laughs> well, the feeling is mutual, Joanna. Yeah. <laughs> After every episode, I'm like, I should have been better last week. <laughs> and, and for anyone who listens to us only on like Apple, uh, Whenever we just stop and we laugh or something like that, we're reading a comment because we take live comments. So you, you should definitely <laughs> know, catch Mike. us one day and comment, please, you know, on our live uh, Facebook feed. That being said, for the listeners, we should make a point, Mike, to always read the comments because uh, if you yeah, just listen true. to it, sometimes you miss out. That's not fair. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be more better about I'll that. I'll be better about that, I promise, to our listeners. Um, so, yeah, back to so being honest. Because in all honesty, you know, we could... To me, I'll you know remember I'm just I'm just going on opinion. I'm not saying this is how it is, but I do see it this way. I see it where we're not being honest if we truly separate ourselves. It's dishonest because even as you separate yourself, you're separating yourself in a way that's still contingent upon. So you're doing things separately. Oh my God! I know. So that you can get the desired effect from the external things. But you're just doing it in a deceitful way because you're doing it in a way where I don't need anybody. I'm my own guy. I'm going to take care of this. But you're still looking for something from the external. So it's actually you're doing the same thing because you can't help but do it. Because that's what we live in. It's how it is. That's who we are. That's how we're built. That's our nature, right? Yeah. So it's deceitful. And, and, and the honest way, I'll dare say, you know, and of course this is biased because I'm, I'm pushing towards the B side of the I, you know, because I feel like that is more of a revelation to me, something I'm really excited about. I, I would dare say that's the more honest side because it's saying, wait a second, 
I am Derek. Derek's me. I am I'm that guy who's 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 right there on the corner struggling. You know? I'm that person. That's more honest and true because that person, whether you take a selfish eye or not, is still going to affect you. May yes. rob you. You know, may he exist. He's going to affect you. He may make you feel uh angry because he he needs to get a job, you know, you may, you may, uh, it's, it's going to affect you. So here's a comment. A is that obvious formula for depression. Yeah, that's, that's a fact because you're going to, you're going to feel lonely and, and a lot of people hide depression too. So you can be, you can even be a high performer at the top of your game and have that depression. But because you're living on, on the A side, of you know, from what we talked about earlier, how we kind of broke it down, you may get depression. It is a good formula for it, actually. And like you said, Mike, that A is being defined by fear. And fear, I think, you know, versus, depression, yes. like fear upon fear, fear on top of fear on top of fear yes. on top of fear. Fear is certainly a huge depression. And also, um, again, when everything in culture is reinforcing your separateness, it's you. It's your fault. You got to fix it. Yes. And, That's and, why a lot of people, I mean, and, and that contributes to a, a lot of mental health issues. Yes, and, and that's mental health. And also, it also contributes to the divide and conquer of the mammon system, which is a whole other topic. We've yes, covered that many that, times, and we'll cover it many more times. Many I'm more sure. times, until it's over well, with, darn it. Yeah, <laughs> and then, then Navi says, uh, B is all about accepting yourself by any means. Yes, I would even add to that. It's not just about it's it's accepting yourself. It's also re, you know, re finding yourself because you know throughout our growth and throughout our, our process of of growing up, you know, we've done we've talked about this in other episodes too. You know, where you become a certain type of person to survive your family. You become a certain type of person to survive your job, to whatever your craft is. You become a certain type of person to su- to to survive a trauma you faced and that becomes who you, who you are so then there has to come a point of maturity and growth where you're going to rediscover who you really deep down inside are which is that unique person you have to paint you have to not worry about the or be trapped in the prison of opinions of others so it's this like whole process you know uh, Navi says, uh, I feel like embracing is important for growth purposes. Yeah. Embracing both. Embracing yeah. both. That's a very great point too. Uh, and redefining because <clears throat> it's very easy. Again, like we were talking about at the top of the episode, it's very easy to sit, uh, from, a let's say objective point of view, presumably, and say, well, I'm just the B, man. No, everything's connected. I'm all good. Mm. Every, I never do anything selfishly. <laughs> but oh, people that say that tend to be the most selfish pricks around. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Once you're at that point, that's, that should be an alarm. And so what, what is troublesome about that is you're saying that everything's connected and that uh, you're rejecting the reality that sometimes you are afraid and sometimes fear does dominate and that it's not so much about saying that never happens to me. It's more about saying that happens and that's okay, which again is easier to say than it is to experience actually. And again, that's in that honest zone. But yes, that is uh, being radically honest with yourself. Mm -hmm. And this is making me think like, I wonder... Is there no such thing as being selfish in the sense that you can never just do something that affects no one or anything but yourself? <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, a, that's an interesting concept. <laughs> like, you're just, I, I just did it selfishly yeah, just for me. Possibly. Can, is it's, it even possible? It's probably impossible. I think you're onto something there. Yeah, it probably <laughs> is impossible. Selfishness <laughs> is an illusion. Yeah, when you accept it's it's whether you, it's interesting. Yeah, selfishness is an illusion. I'll, um, yeah, I'm 100 percent on board with that. B. 
because it even if you're you're being that uh, you're behaving in a selfish manner, it it doesn't connect with the connectedness, you know. Exactly right, and, and it will Navi impact says, your uh, environment. Literally impossible. Yeah, I think so, man. <laughs> and he has another comment here. Want to take this one, Derek? <laughs> yeah. Do you think there's a certain age when men start to just kind of grow from A to B, or maybe it's just a certain turn of events? Um, that's another interesting point too, and I would say not just for men, but for everybody that like it's that thing of grandmas have a lot of wisdom. Um, and not every yeah. grandma is like the most college educated Harvard, uh, whatever book learning person. And yet they have a lot of stuff figured out that Reminds a, a me of 20, that, 30, 40 year old person does not. What's that, uh, little, uh, story you tell about, uh, you know, he, he, he's talking to someone, is it Ramdas? He's talking to someone and they seem to understand everything. And then he says, he's like sort of amazed by this woman, and he's like, wow, you know, how did you come to all this understanding? And what is it she does? She goes, oh. <laughs> the I, old lady goes, oh, I crochet. Uh, there you go, boom. She's like, oh, I crochet. You know? She came to understand the <laughs> fundamental concepts of the universe by crocheting. There Wisdom, again, is in many places. <laughs> mm-hmm. which, is, which is beautiful, man. <laughs> Navi says, I hang with my grandmother every week, twice a week. Hello. That's a great idea, man. Yeah, man. Um, and... Uh, those wisdom, again, that's back to Ralph Sockman, wisdom tends to be principles, not rules. Knowledge is filled with rules, scientific, blah, 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 and those can be valuable. But the principles of wisdom are indeed probably the things that should uh, guide our society at large. Yeah. Okay, we got and some of some of that does. I just say quickly, Mike. Ahead, some of that does actually, and it's it's too. Uh, people should get credit for this because it happens through experience and and hardship a lot of times. But you, the average person, does become much more wise over the course of their lifetime. And yeah, thinking that well, because I didn't go to five colleges when I was in my thirties or whatever, that I just grew up to be an old stupid person. <laughs> First off, no, no, if anybody says that about themselves, that, that's uh, it's not true. Come on, you're great. Um, but also, there is a natural life process that occurs. Now, I think a, a person can become more or less wise, I suppose, based on how much, again, they're seated in that B sense of I. Um, but there is, that is kind of a natural process that we should give ourselves credit for. Um, because, again, it... it Character is a what is it? Character is carved with a knife called pain, and that's a quote from Delilah, the radio lady that I heard one time. <laughs> it's just because she said it doesn't. But mean damn it's not it, true. it's true though. <laughs> it is carved with a knife called pain. Character. It is, and we should we should uh, feel suffering. A bit, suffering um, is grace. Suffering is grace. That's true. All right, Apollo's got a big one. I'm excited about it. What's he got to say? Uh, if we're all one, then by serving ourselves. We're serving God, very true, I believe. By loving ourselves, we're loving God. The same is true for serving and loving others. It just depends on what your focus is on in this lifetime. But one path is no more or less righteous than the other. Being authentic to your path is the best way to honor the divine, in my humble opinion. Amen. That's we see. That's why we need the bomb effects. <laughs> we gotta get those. I gotta get the bomb going, effects because <laughs> I would have dropped a bomb on that one, Apollo. Absolutely. That's, I heard. I heard the sound effects. I heard the in sound effects. You know what I mean? <laughs> and Abby says, "Love that quote." Yeah, and actually, it there's some. I'm gonna share something. Uh, you know, I, I I've been trying to be more courageous about sharing things that um, sometimes I might not want to share. Um, but I have to get over that because if I am going to be who I am and not be scared and I'm going to try and live it because I think it's a beautiful thing, maybe I should try doing some stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So um, after I wrote this stuff down, I remembered a dream I had. And it was an interesting dream. Um, and I'll, just, I'll kind of just say what happened and then what I think of it. Um, so it's, it, it's basically, I had a dream and I'm on a sky bus, kind of like, um, there's a game my son plays where they, where they, where they were on a bus and then they fly through the sky and then people parachute out 
I think it's Minecraft. I don't know. One of the one of those games. Anyway. Okay. And so I don't know if, if the dream was inspired by the game or not, but I had this dream some years ago. Um, so it's on a sky bus as people parachute out and stay silent. So they're not saying anything. I'm on this bus and I'm watching this and I'm like, what's going on? They all just come to their stop and jump out with complete trust and unquestioning certainty. So you could sense this kind of thing. It's Fortnite, okay. <laughs> thank you, thank you, Les. So, so they, they just jump out. And I was, I'm a passenger and I'm frustrated in this dream. And I'm like, man, what is, what is this? You know, like, am I supposed to just jump out? Like, I'm like, what is this, man? I'm not just going to jump. This is the thoughts going through my head. I'm not just going to jump out. You know, someone tells me to jump out. And the interesting thing is my dad who passed away, he's like at the front of the bus. And he's the one like directing people. Like, okay, jump. So father may be symbolizing God the father. Mm. Who knows, you know. I don't know what that meant, but it, you know, it was more personal to me because he, you know, he had passed away and he was in my dream. So, and I was going through something at the time, and it had to do with like, why is this happening? So, wondering where they're going, why they weren't scared—that's all going through my head. Why they wouldn't talk uh, to me? So I would talk to them; they wouldn't say nothing to me as I shouted at them. And most of all, I was confused why even my father, who was in the front of the bus, wouldn't say a word to me. As I asked why life was so hard and why we weren't given answers and why all the passengers just went along, not knowing yet following. And then finally, after this frustrating trip, my dad looked at me and it's the only thing said in the whole dream. And he just said, Providence. And then that's the last thing I remember in the dream. And I think the reason that I remember this dream is because when you go through the eyes, and the oneness, the connectedness, and, and what Apollo said, that being authentic to your path is the best way to honor the divine. When you put all that together, it gave me more understanding of the dream in that way where accepting providence, and this is like what I wrote this morning, accepting providence is being a part of everything. Not understanding everything, being a part of it. Those people were just a part of it. Just like how you described uh, when you separate yourself from the eye and you just kind of watch it happen. They were a part of it. And then, you know, a space part of it. Whereas if you're questioning, like, and you're just so not in in the oneness of everything... Not question. I don't mean questioning, like not learning, not seeking knowledge. Not. I'm not talking about being a sheep. It's like a whole another space of of providence. I'm talking about nothing like being a sheep, but you're being in, instead of apart from God, apart being that I that is separate, that is just selfish, that is just me. You're a part of everything, and that's kind of what I get from providence. Because you see, the the problem with words like providence is they have this religious undertone. Of of uh, and that's what we talk about a lot with vocabulary. You know, providence means to me it's loaded, right? In a sense, which is which I can get defensive about. Which is like, oh, the providence is used in a, in a negative way to make people be blindly obedient. You know, oh, it's providence. Do what I said. This is what God says. He, everything He says is in this book. Hmm. That providence triggers me, but. Just like I need to look at Jesus's teachings in a brand new lens. I need to look at words in a brand new lens. That kind of providence, the one I'm describing, is a freeing providence. Your oneness. You don't, you're not even using language anymore. You know, because you feel it here, not here, that this is my stop, like Apollo said. Mm. This is where I go. Nothing to talk about here. I'm in oneness. I know it. I, it's, not, it's not a sheeple thing. It's just I know this is who I am. I can feel that we're over my territory. I'm going to jump. Like, it, and the funny thing is nobody was telling them when to get up either. Now that I look back on the dream, nobody was saying, get up now and leave. People were just getting up. <laughs> the, the bus is going. They're just getting up and okay. And I'm like, what the hell are you doing? You're just going to jump out here? And no one, remember, I said no one's communicating, no one's saying anything. 
it's just like this innate sense, this thing you just know, that's who I am, that's my territory, that's where I jump out. I'm not scared because the parachute jumping out into the unknown is scary. And we've talked about that a lot on the show. The great unknown, the excitement of not knowing, the embracing of what we don't know as a great thing, not as a fear thing, as a wow. I've never seen this before. I've never thought this before. And that's exciting. And that's living. So it's sort of like love flips fear on its head. Because the things you were scared of, love now makes you excited about. So it's, you know, it's, it's interesting, you know, like you can have a dream. I don't know how many years ago that was. I don't even think I lived in this apartment where I live now, which I've been six years when I had that dream. It was probably, or maybe when I first moved here. But, um, you know, it's interesting. You can have a dream a lot, long time ago, not understand it. Then six years later, whatever, you start to kind of like, oh, that's what it meant. Because it triggered me at the time because of the word providence and what I was going through. Mm. You know what's funny, Mike, is uh, that dream is very very similar to the Bhagavad Gita. Uh, I've mentioned this before, but Bhagavad Gita is about Arjuna. He's at the Battle of Kurukshetra. Mm. He's about to go into battle, but he has to fight like his uncles who are on the other side. And it's a big, long story. They did a bunch of bad things. But on the day of the battle, Arjuna is like, I'm not doing this. I, I won't do it. Yeah. Krishna, who is the God figure uh, in, 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 in incarnation, says to him, look, man, this is karma. This is your role. You got to do this right now. And so they do it. And yeah. it's like, that's kind of your dream. <laughs> that is providence. This yeah. is accepting your role in the big, giant supercomputer that is the universe. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> to Apollo's point that like one path is in fact no more valuable than any other. Um, the example I always think of is the wheel. Well, there's many different like a car, the human body. Is the lungs are the lungs more important than the veins? Uh, well, you know, point is, if you don't have one of them working, you got a big problem. <laughs> And uh, I think there's a, like a Dr. King quote that you've mentioned before that you know even if you are a street sweeper, you should do it with the same conviction and pride as somebody who's doing you know something quote unquote way more valuable or whatever. And that of course you shouldn't if you have thoughts within yourself that you would like to do something different or you would like to strive toward a thing, uh, and you feel very convicted by that, then you should do it. Um, so you shouldn't, you know, say, well, this is just what I'm supposed to do. So, uh, if you feel very strongly, you should be doing something, go for it. Cause that is as honest and as true as anything else. But to define, this is another thing about the American value system is to define success as one thing, one very specific thing, which is having the mansion, having the jet ski, having the yacht. And again, that is a misunderstanding of existence in and of itself, because the part that you play, whether you are a spoke or a lug nut or a piece of rubber or a wrench, if you are doing your thing properly, you're making the machine run better. And to the sense, to the notion that there is nothing selfish, that everything is inherently connected to other things. <clears throat> if you are running away from yourself, if you are afraid of life, you're not fulfilling your duty in the wheel, mm-hmm. and you're not only making it specifically making it much difficult, more difficult for yourself. Um, you are perpetuating this negativity into the supercomputer that, in fact, makes things difficult for everybody else too. Um, but again, most selfishly, it's making it way harder for you. It reminds me also of uh, that book, Flow, because you will get a reward because it talks about someone who does what we would categorize a menial job and because they are in a state of flow they completely embrace it they try to do more at it and when they do it the time flies and they enjoy it and that is the sort of accepting your lot that's also sort of a a Judeo-Christian principle to accept your lot the lot that you know it's it's a proverb that says uh, like one of the biggest blessings is to accept the lot that you're giving given and I believe that falls in line with that. We've got some comments here. Uh, Uncle Joe. 
The story of Job comes to mind. Imagine having his horrible life, then being asked by God to sacrifice your own son, having to mentally prepare for this to the point you are seconds away from completing this. Yeah, I mean, that is the extreme example. That's the that's the proverb. That's the... Uh, yeah. The tremendous hypothetical, or, you know, to Job would probably happen, unfortunately for him. But that, man, oh man, I have a difficult enough time coming into harmony with getting up and going to work in the morning. <laughs> I hate waking up early. It sucks every day I do it. I'm not, it, I don't know if I'm confusing it, but I think it's Isaac, right, who sacrificed his son, but, and Job had everything taken away from him. But I, oh. but the, the, I'm not sure. I could be wrong. But okay. anyway, th- that, that doesn't matter to the point. Um, and, the point is that uh, it's difficult, you know, sometimes. The point I think of that is that it's difficult sometimes to follow your path. Yes. And it may be something you don't want to do, you don't necessarily like to do. But I will tell you something. A couple times I've, I've gone down that path that I don't want to go. And, it, and it, by doing that, it led me here and I'm pretty damn content on content content and what we're doing. So there, there could be a silver lining in there. And, uh, and actually Job at the end of the story, God sort of takes his side in, in a sense and not his friends. So there was that silver lining too. Right. So we have, uh, less says love is greater than fear. However, anger, at least for me initially has greater energy. Very interesting point. I think that's very true. Until the ver- until the love comes in and you look back and say, hey, I shouldn't have gotten this angry. Um, yes. <laughs> yeah, and Abraham was asked to sacrifice, yeah, which was his son hey, Isaac, right? Yeah, there we go. I'm all mixed up here with the name. You know me with names. Good grief. <laughs> Thank you, Yovana. And nice to see you, Yovana. Agreed. Uh, and then Joe says, when I pass, I will have been a success if people say with meaning, he was a good husband, good father, good friend. Um, yes, that is the actual definition of success. Yes. Is have you had a positive impact in the world? And if you have a billion dollars, it says absolutely nothing inherently about whether you have had a positive or negative impact in the world. Uh, and again, that the American value system would tell you that's not true. But simply put, Joe is absolutely correct there. It's about the positive impact you've had on others and consequently on yourself to the extent that we're all connected anyway. Let's um, go. We let's, got one I, more Les has, from, from Leslie. Almost as if anger initially has a greater power within. If I can compare it to white bread versus wheat bread, white bread gives you the fast energy versus wheat bread gives you, <laughs> this is so good, wheat bread gives you a slower release of energy. So anger equals white bread, love wheat bread. Um, I think that's a great point. Anger and negativity and those kinds of things do have this very short burst of energy and power. Um, So, you know, when you're arguing with somebody, let me make my points. And then two years go by, you're like, why was I arguing with that person? Why shouldn't I? I just should have just been. Yeah, that's good. So anger and negativity, this is maybe something we can talk about next week. Negativity has this very short-term burst that's so attractive. And, oh, I want to yell at this person because they did me wrong. But again, when you look back on any argument you oh, had, yeah. you, you know, you know who's, great, you who's great for that conversation? What did you say? Pema Chodron is great for that conversation. <laughs> She'll let you know right away what you should do with that anger, and it's going to hurt. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to hurt, okay? Yes, yes. Uh, we have Job lost it all this is Giovanna Uh, Job lost it all but the Lord's mercy is great love you guys and miss y'all thank you thank you thank you Giovanna we gotta get Giovanna back on the show too Mike we gotta yep says also not knowing the why of God's plan can make things brutal definitely and and that's what that was my frustration in the dream yeah that was my because I was going through something at the time when I had that dream which was a exactly about that the why like why is this happening why is this why 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 and then i'm seeing all these people just like in this state of oneness where i was nowhere near at the time just being like it's my turn okay not even being told just being so connected they just knew Mm. And, and and sort of that that's that's a beautiful view of a divine providence versus you know the the one that 
I'm triggered by, you know? Right. And, and I love that. And one thing I would like to say about this, the why also, is we kind of touched on this, I don't know if it was the last episode or the one before that, about the journey. That was last episode where we talked a lot about the journey. And yes, because the clip that you put up is sort of about the the journey, enjoying the journey, embracing the journey. And that is the state of flow, you know? The guy doing the menial job that he's like, Eh, what am, you know, anybody else might be like, well, but he embraced it. He got into the state of flow. He enjoyed it. And I think that if we can do that, and and I think that the more we connect with our true self, you know, uh, th- that I, um, the more we're able to do that. Because the that I is going, because, you know, if you believe, um, as I do, where nothing's a big accident, everything has purpose that i was purposed to do that task and you will be content doing it but you've got to be willing to not be trapped in the opinions of others because many will think you should be you know many will think i should me i'll put myself on the spot here many would say you should be making music that's where your energy should be. You should be doing that. You you have great talent, this and that, but that is not what my eye is telling me. Mm. My eye is telling me, no, this is who you really were. This is when you when you were a kid. This is this is what excited you, and I'm and I'm reliving and rebuilding that. So I've got to be strong and say, although they feel that way. I can't be trapped in those opinions. I know where I'm digging and I'm just sharing that because, you know, it's, it's something I'm experiencing right now, you know, and, and it's, uh, I think it's, it's important to, you know, if, 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 if that is telling you to do something that may, everyone else may not think is as grand or as special or who they think you should be, paint, you know? And if you don't know what paint means, you got to go back in the in the history of the content content. We talk about it a lot. Uh, we don't have time left to go to get into that. But paint, you know, short version, it means do what you were made to do. Paint, no matter what anybody says. You know, there's and uh, we talked a lot of this episode about being connected and how everything is connected. And uh, I think I'm a big believer in is as above, so below. Like everything that's true of outside is true of inside, also. So. Your intuitive heart and 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 what you feel compelled to do is it's we're not saying that uh, that's invalid um, because that is as strongly convicted as anything else. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I suppose it is a balance between being totally connected and listening to yourself. But listening to yourself is not a inherently selfish. Uh, approach necessarily um, because if you suppress how you feel and suppress your convictions um, that is being as dishonest as lying to another person or whatever yeah so I don't know it's a, it's a, it's a balance Mike we'll have to talk more about that yeah there's a lot there as usual um, there's as plenty, usual there's so plenty more meat on that bone <laughs> which is why uh, this is, thank you for joining us for episode 39 yes and thank you very we, much really would appreciate because we've got three five-star reviews on apple Podcasts, but no description which i'm very happy that we have three five-star reviews which we we never even asked anyone to do but if anyone would do a um a review it would be beautiful uh you know only a good one if you if you if you hate the show don't do a review (laughs) just 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 don't worry about it. just do anything else (laughs) but if you love the show um it would be nice because it makes people who are thinking about listening say, hey, well, maybe uh, it's not so bad. We'll, I'll check these guys out. Uh, I'm going to post up this comment. And uh, want, let, well, let, we can go out with this comment. What do you say? Joe says we should put up a, quote, homework list of stuff we're going to talk about for the next episode. So we have viewers a bit more ready for each week. Yeah, that's a cool well, idea. That's an interesting idea, um, and that we can kind of do that type of thing again in our super secret, highly private, but anybody can join Facebook group. And oh, in our rooms, we're gonna and do the some rooms, rooms as well. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna do some rooms this week. Uh, well, we'll do one at least and give it a shot. Which means, you know, I've never done a room on Facebook, but from what I understand, 
you open a room and anybody in the group can join the room in video and everything and we can just have a discussion uh, about okay. something you know which uh, I have some different ideas and I'm sure Derek does too about some stuff we can talk about Absolutely. and maybe that actually on Joe's point that could be an organic way through the rooms and the chats to sort of connect the dots in between the week to the show uh, I would love it if that was the flow of it that would be pretty uh, pretty cool. work towards that yeah, yeah. but like like you told you I had Derek gave me a good talk this week and and it really put me on track because <laughs> we have to keep it organic and we have to keep the growth of this program um, as as it's been natural without trying to fit into what everyone else does how the how marketing we really and and, and it challenged us because it, it kind of that talk we had challenged me because it made me say if you truly believe in synchronicity if you truly believe in purpose if you really <laughs> feel like you're listening to the to this deep eye inside of you gomez mm-hmm. then damn it trust it you gotta you trust know? it man. that's what it said to me and I, and yeah Trust it. Trust it if it's a year, if it's two years, if it's three, if it's four. Keep going, you know? I agree. Go for it. We can all join. Yeah, yeah like in? I, I got to send you the... Uh, the. I don't know if I've sent you the invite yet, but I will for sure, just in case I haven't yet. And uh, that's it. For, and this light keeps coming in. <laughs> <laughs> all righty, Mike. We did it again, man. Thank you. We did it again. Thank you, everybody. Later. Till next time.